Welcome to the Comedians of Wrestling podcast. Uh, I'm coming to you, not live, but I'm here in Dallas, Texas, celebrating the holidays um, uh, in the home of WrestleMania 32, uh, in the home of my bachelor party, which was at WrestleMania 32. Uh, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm recording this by myself again. We're going to have another weird week of just me by myself yelling into my iPhone, but that's okay. You can handle it. You like me. I got good shit to say, right? Uh, Remember to rate and subscribe to this podcast. Again, apologies. This episode is coming out a day late. Uh, which I'm trying. I'm here. I'm sleeping right now. <laughs> I'm sleeping in my in my in law's house uh, down in Texas, and uh, you know, trying to juggle family time and the very very important schedule of my pro wrestling podcast. Uh, but yeah, right now I'm recording in my wife's childhood bedroom, uh, and. Uh, just looking around at all the artifacts of her past. Speaking of my wife, well, well, before we get into all the haha wrestling action, my wife, I want to quickly plug something for my wife, okay? I know it's not wrestling related, though wrestling is mentioned in there, specifically as one of my passions. Uh, but my wife has a book. It's her first time publishing a book. It's called Ridiculous. It's about... The uh, you know it's about it's about weddings. It's an unfiltered guide to being a bride. It's a really funny book about weddings. It goes into a lot about our wedding uh, and just weddings in general and how ridiculous that industry is. We all know how ridiculous weddings are, right? We saw the the marriage of Triple H and Stephanie, one of the most controversial marriages of all time. Maybe even more controversial than my marriage. I I, I don't know. One can. You'll have to be the judge of that. So the marry uh, the the we've seen a uh, uh, badass Billy Gunn get married to a man, um, even though he's a straight guy. We've seen that uh, a lot of it. So look, marriage is an important part of not only the WWE product, but also of our very existence. So check out that book. It's in Barnes and Nobles. You can get it on Amazon. It's the number one wedding book right now. Anyway, all right, we got that out of the way. Okay, I know someone's gonna give me shit for plugging my my own wife's book, but. It's because you're a bad person. All right. Uh, I remember rate and subscribe to this podcast. Okay, cool. I don't know if I got all that stuff out of the way. I don't have Zig here to tell me what I'm doing. I'm my own engineer today. Um, cool. So let's get into the wrestling action. So, yeah. Hey, you don't want to know anything about my personal life. I'm down here in Texas. And uh, I'm celebrating Christmas because my wife, if my wife's Jewish, I'm Jewish. I've never celebrated Christmas before, but when I, I celebrate with them, and my wife is also Jewish, but her dad is not Jewish. Um, and so our Christmas, we sit around the tree, and everyone there is Jewish except for one guy, my, my father in law. And uh, that's cool. Christmas is fun. I got no beef with that, and I got no problem with getting presents. I got some awesome presents. Uh, but then he would tell me that he is studying Kabbalah. So basically, we had a uh, <laughs> basically a, a Christianless Christmas. Just a bunch of Jews pretending to do Christmas. I thought that was pretty funny. That was pretty fun. But hey, no one gets me Hanukkah gifts anymore, so I might as well celebrate Christmas. All right. So between that, I'm down here and I had to juggle. I had to really fit in wrestling. I had my iPad. I was hiding in the in the wings of my wife's 
family's house just trying to like squeeze out a match here and there and I finally got it done and um I will say I was uh you know this time of year is normally the lull they're in the holiday mode we're getting ready the rumbles where it all begins it's gonna get very exciting especially with a roster this deep it's gonna get exciting really fast uh, but I think Raw this week, I think, seems to be the consensus from everyone. Because I, I check. When I have a really negative take on something, not negative, but not too negative. But if I have a negative take, I watch something, I'm like, this is boring. I check to make sure not everyone's saying this is the best episode ever and that I'm just not insane, even though I'm still going to give my same opinion. But Raw this week, just like, eh, I don't know. I, I, I think we're going to skip over it pretty hard. I, I didn't really have much to report about Raw. I thought... There were some, you know, cool segments. There's, uh, there were some cool uh, uh, moments. There's some things that are meant or worth mentioning. But I'm, I think I'm gonna breeze through it. You know, um, let us know. Talk to me on the Facebook page. If there's anything that I'm, that I'm missing. You know, I, I know, uh, uh, I know uh, one of our listeners, Nick Tulo, was saying he was really bracing for that. For at the end of Raw for Reigns, uh, for Rollins to pedigree Roman Reigns, and we didn't get that. And I think that's kind of a symbol of like what's going on with Raw. It's we're waiting for that the shoe to drop, we're waiting for this good stuff to happen. I think that's not going to happen until we get into the new year, until Triple H comes back, gets the Rollins beef going, and then we're in full swing. But we did establish a bunch of cool shit that's going to happen. There is, there is things to talk about. All right, so what should we dive into first? Uh, 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 all right, well, let's maybe, hmm, I'm going to get some of the Raw stuff out of the way quick. I'm going to breeze through Raw, because I want to get into SmackDown, because SmackDown, I thought, actually was great this week. I really dug SmackDown, and not only did I dig SmackDown, it seems that that's, SmackDown beat Raw in the ratings this week. Now, that's big for a couple of reasons. Because, look, it's Cena came back, and we'll get into that. And that always helps. He's a big draw. Uh, you got AJ Styles, who's tremendously popular, and they had a title match. Um, but the thing that's really interesting is that we care about the ratings of Raw vs. SmackDown. Right now, I remember on this podcast, and I think that's also part of the reason that I do this podcast is document my opinions on stuff as we go through it. Is that I think that we were, there was a lot of beef, uh, there was a lot of negative chatter about the fact that like no one's gonna, it's never gonna feel like WCW versus WWF. It's never gonna have that Monday Night War feel because like you're never gonna see Raw versus SmackDown competing. And I think already we're showing signs that that's not true. That like. I'm comparing Raw versus SmackDown, and SmackDown is the better show. I think it's just, at this point, undeniable. Like, for a while, I couldn't shake the thing that, like, Raw felt like the more important show, which, you know, you can't blame me. That's how I've been. That's how it's always been. You know, the red feels more, even the color just feels more important. But, um... Now, AJ Styles is like, feels like the champion of wrestling right now. Miz is an undeniably great intercontinental champion. Cena is still a marquee guy, which we will get into, and he's on SmackDown. Undertaker is popping up on SmackDown, you know, whenever he does. Um, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. It's cool. I mean, I think the Raw, I think, I'm thinking about projecting to a year from now, like where we're going to be. And I think at this point, we might think about Raw versus SmackDown. We might take it as like a legitimate rivalry. Uh, we're already showing signs of that in the, in the ratings. Um, cool. 
get into Raw. A couple things on Raw. Uh, and this actually will talk, you know, I'm actually going to parlay this point. But Steph, well, they were in Chicago this week for Raw. Stephanie McMahon knocked CM Punk to the crowd. This, I thought, was pretty cool. I dug this. It felt a little planned, like she knew she was going to give them shit. Because they always, she knows that CM Punk chant is coming. Uh, but I liked it. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was a good dig. And, uh, I think it's better than not acknowledging. The only thing that's annoying is when they don't acknowledge when the crowds, when the crowd wins, when the crowd wins and steals focus, which is part of what makes wrestling amazing is that the crowd can steal focus. Where else does that happen? I mean, sports, uh, no, rarely. In wrestling, sometimes the key figure at the moment, like the spotlight, can be on the crowd. Uh, uh. And when they chant the CM Punk and they just ignore, like, oh, they didn't mention CM Punk. It's just, I don't know, it feels it feels stupid. So if she's, make a comment, make a dig at Punk, who cares? It's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, and I think it only make them want to come back more. It's just like, okay, there's there's still that animosity there. Keep that going, because that's clearly what he'll, if he comes back, he'll be in some kind of McMahon thing. Uh, yeah, cool. So I did dig that. That was one big thing on Raw. Um... Uh, and so speaking of that, they, they, she mentioned, Stephanie mentioned his UFC loss. She said, oh, keep chatting for two, two minutes and 14 seconds, and then you'll last as long as Punk did in UFC. Tonight is Ronda Rousey's fight. Now, why am I talking about UFC? Listen, talking about UFC because we need Ronda in the women's division. We know she loves wrestling. We know she was at WrestleMania 31. We know she goes to PWG. We know that she has a group of friends called the Four Horsewomen. We know she's into wrestling. She is a wrestler. She has it. Okay? She's a jabroniac, like all of us. So, the question here is, I love Ronda. Do I want her to lose so that she could come to wrestling faster, possibly at 33? And the answer when I sit here and I'm thinking and I'm going to go watch this fight tonight. When I watch this fight and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, oh, who? what do I want to happen here? I want Ronda to win. I, I, think, I, I think she'll come to wrestling no matter what. Our women's division is strong, only getting stronger. It's not like we desperately need her. As a matter of fact, her coming in might even hurt wrestling because she's not. she needs time to train. She comes in as a celebrity like Shaq, who's apparently going to be wrestling Big Show at Mania. She could come in in that kind of a stunt fashion. I don't know. As opposed to if she's done, like if she loses tonight, I feel like she'll still feel the competitive spirit to like prove herself but if she wins wins a little bit then loses she's a little older and then she thinks about wrestling I think like maybe she won't have that Brock Lesnar desire to get back in the octagon now I don't know and that's just a feeling I, I'm gonna want her to win I'm, I'm cheering for her I don't Amanda Nunes I only saw her one fight to be honest the one against Misha Tate she looked pretty strong but uh, Rousey's looking jacked and um, yeah I, I still want her to win I would like her to I mean ultimately it'd be cool if she was a UFC fighter and then a and also a wrestler, but I don't know. That seems like, I mean, Brock does it, but uh, he's, whatever. He's an exception to everything. I don't think that's actually possible. So, yeah. So, Ronda, I'm rooting for Ronda tonight. Um, yeah, cool. So, another thing on Raw. 
get in, into Raw. Let me bring up my Raw page and my Raw notes. One thing I wanted to mention is the, the whole the Cody Rhodes thing. So on Raw, they had a Dusty Rhodes uh, doll, and Gallows and Anderson ripped the head off of the doll. And Bailey was making it like an emotional thing about why she, you know, whatever, uh, about like why she wrestles. And anyway, it doesn't matter the point. I mean, it didn't really affect me or anything. You know, I always get weirded out. We had that thing where we were talking about Charlotte's dead brother. Whenever they bring up dead people for story purposes, I always feel a little weird, but like still good. To, I, I, you know, th- there's a great use of it. And if everyone's cool with it, I mean, whenever we I'd be. If I said that was never cool, that would be contradicting my point that authenticity is what makes wrestling wrestling. And what makes wrestling really work is when you have the real stuff bleed in. So I'm not saying you can't do it. But with Cody leaving the company the way he did, it always feels a little weird. And then he had a tweet. And Cody's tweet, let me bring it up. (laughs) Where's my Cody tweet? He said... Not, he tweeted this, not going to say something mean or blow a whistle, whistle. All I can say is that whoever produced that, I hope they never know what this feels like. So I think, he, you know, I, I, he seems sensitive to it, which makes sense. It was his father, you know, who's like, you know, an icon in this business. And he's not there and they just feel like they own him and they have him in the polka dots. Don't know. Um... I don't know. It, it, to me, felt like not totally worth it what they did with it. But just seeing Cody upset by it, or just feeling anything towards it, that doesn't that doesn't feel good. Um, yeah. So what else on Raw? Stephanie. I mean, just Stephanie in general. I don't know. This feels like another classic WWE botch that I. Re- it, they, it's the thing they do that I really annoys me the most. Is like, she had this storyline going with Mick. Unless somebody, unless there's something I missed, she had this storyline going with Mick Foley where she was, she was becoming good. Like she was turning a new leaf, being good. Maybe she would show some heel signs against Shane, but that's because he, and her, go. You know, they're SmackDown versus Raw. They have that rivalry going. So. That's fine. But, like, now she's just full-on heel mode again. But, like, what happened to the whole thing about, like, I didn't know what Triple H did. And, like, I'm good. And he's bad. He did something bad. And I have nothing to do with that. That's just, like, gone. Now she's just straight-up heel again. We just dropped that. You know, I, I, it's just, like, that continuity, to me, is important. I think that was cool that they were committing to that. At least you got to commit to one of them. It's, like, the, the biggest flaw in wrestling is that you don't know when stuff's can what what matters and it's like oh okay you follow along with stuff and then it just it just drops off uh look if it's like the storyline you know there's a couple things they've dropped off where they're like yeah that wasn't working <laughs> that's okay but when it's a serious it's stephanie and then yeah when it's stephanie i don't know i'm following it i i thought i that was interesting to me um yeah I mean, when it first happened, it didn't make so much sense. And then, like, now Triple H is gone. So I don't even ha- I, I understand why it's hard to keep going because Triple H is gone, which is my other point from last week, which is, like, I don't know how much Triple H should be affecting story if he's not around. 
You know, I think it's put Rollins in this holding power pattern where I don't even give two shits about Rollins, and he's probably my favorite wrestler in the whole company. And he's just in this, like, face spot waiting for Triple H to show up. I don't know. Should you sit around for eight months, uh, you know, floating, having Jericho matches and, like, uh, being close to the title, but we know we know in our hearts and hearts that you can't win it because you have a feud coming up for Mania? You know, it's like Rollins, it's like, he probably won't win the Rumble because he's got to go against Triple H, which I doubt they want to put the title in that situation. You know, they already had Triple H in for the championship last year out of desperation. This year, it's very deep. You know, uh, that's like, I don't know. Honestly, that might be like the new version of Triple H is uh, affecting the writing, which people give crap in the past. Like, that might be the new thing is that he is he's putting himself over when he's not even there. He's holding up other guys, even if he's even if he's stepping aside, he's still holding an, a certain wrestler back. I don't know. Uh, 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 it also feels like we do have this Shield reunion going on. I guess Stephanie was saying, "Oh, cause Ambrose was in the same building." You know. All right, I had no beef with that. I don't know why I'm bringing that up. Uh, what else happened on Raw? What else? Uh. Yeah, I mean, we had a Nia Jax squash match. That was fine. That's whoever that girl she wrestled, Scarlett, was very attractive. So that maybe they should sign her. I don't know anything about her, but uh, I like that. It's like my hero is Sasha Banks. It just felt so fake because this girl was like too. She wasn't young enough where it was like like Sasha Banks is such a new icon that it's like I don't know if a woman who's like older than her or the same age as her is gonna be like that's my hero. But I still like the writing on that. And, um, yeah, cool. What else happened here? This is uh, <laughs> the Ascension. No, thank you. Charlotte versus Bailey. That's cool. They're setting that up. That's in pretty much in a holding pattern there. Dana Brooke came back. That that was fine. I have nothing to say there. I didn't dig that. I didn't hate that. Neville's got Neville. They put Neville on a heel run here. This is something interesting about the Cruiserweight division. I think I'm contradicting myself. Because I did, I think at one point I, when they first started, I liked the purple ropes. But actually now I think the the purple ropes and se- separating the cruiserweight division on Raw, if they're going to be on Raw, why do that? I don't know. It's like it just makes it feel like a different show. Like you want to see the red. I keep being like, why? This should be just a match. And if these guys are going to be so embedded on Raw, like, I don't know if you're in the Cruiserweight division, doesn't mean you can't move to another division, I, I, I don't know, it just makes it feel like a different show, that purple almost feels like, it's like, oh, piss break time, uh, yeah, so the, even though the matches are great, I mean, that's the thing that's incredible, it's like, TJ Perkins and Neville put on a great match, really fun match, that if it was in full sale, people would have went nuts for it, and it falls flat. In like people are not popping for spots that deserve pop. Uh, TJ Perkins is an incredible in ring talent. TJ Perkins, man. Well, I, let me look at my note here about TJ Perkins because, yeah, like TJ Perkins, he, I, I, everything about this guy like kind of works for me. But then none of it works. Like I like, I like his Philippines pants. 
I like that he's wrestling in Nikes. He's like kind of millennial. I dig that. I like when he comes out with the hood. And I like all his movements. He's got like a really good, uh, uh, he's like packaged in a way that I dig. Like his hood, he does a flip and then his hood goes on. I, I love all that. All that All that pageantry, it gets my juices going. Uh, but except for maybe the glasses. I don't know why he wears like nerdy glasses. I love the I love the I love the the video game music. I dig that it goes like character selected. I love that. That also feels like part of my generation and the nostalgia we like. But he's just it feels he doesn't sell it in the face. Like there's something about him where it's like, oh, here's my gimmick and here's what I do. Where he's like going through the motions. He's not living it, even if it's authentic. It doesn't feel authentic. And I feel bad for T.J. Perkins because I'm not sure if he has that like that X factor to like make to make that whole thing click. Like he might need to find something that's more authentic that would work for him. Now Neville, uh, I thought Neville cut a pretty good heel promo. I think it's great because it's authentic. Like I say, authentic stuff works. Like he yelled at the crowd and like, yeah, all right, I can see he's acting a little bit in his face. But what he's mad about about from the universe feels true. He's like, I'm the NXT champion. Like, I'm great. I came out here and I'm doing all these awesome moves for you guys. And you talk about how my personality's bland and you make fun of like my face. And my face doesn't belong on television because like people call them ugly and a hobbit and shit. That feels like good heel stuff, and he's doing like a great job of looking really angry. Um, he also looks a little more jacked, which also he's got a heel, a little bit of a healer look. Well, I guess without the cape, that's working. Uh, yeah, so I dig the Neville heel turn. I've still yet to watch an episode of 205 Live. Actually, not true. I think I skimmed one. Um, look, there's too much content, especially when Talking Smack to me is a priority. I- I'm done missing any Talking Smacks, although I think I've went back and watched some. I- I've recorded the podcast without watching Talking Smack, but now I-, I love it so much. I think Talking Smack is the is uh, when 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 SmackDown ends and I get to put on Talking Smack, I I love it. It's so loose. Renee is great on there. Uh, I really think they do no prep for it. Now, that might not be true. It feels like no prep. And it feels like people are, like, off the cuff where they get the note, like, say whatever you want. And that's, again, authenticity is the key. That's what uh, makes that dope. Um... Okay, by the way, Corey Graves. I'm tracking Corey Graves' lines ever since Nick Ligger came on the show and told me to pay attention to Corey Graves. And everyone's kind of digging Corey Graves. Great line where he's like, Santa Claus gave my son a video game, and I took it away so my son wouldn't end up like TJ Perkins. Uh, I like that a lot. I thought that was pretty good. What else on Raw? Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, Strowman, Zane stuff seems good. I like Strowman just being like, it's almost the idea. I It's the same idea I had for Bray Wyatt back in the day of the idea of like a cancer. Like he's just like, a, he's like, you can't control him. And like, he's there's nothing is sacred to him. He doesn't care what you say to him. He's just here to like do what he wants. Um, you know, Bray's always attempted it, but I always thought Bray like... Uh, could go even way further. But, yeah, he's going after Zayn. I like it. Strowman, they're building up Strowman. It feels like an important feud for Zayn. Zayn's coming off looking, like, really brave, which I think is going to be a bit good for his character. It builds his heart, you know, like, his heart. Zayn's got heart. He's got, you know, he doesn't back down from a challenge. That's great. All right. um, Then we had, um, we had, uh, uh, anything else? I mean, Gallows had a win, and Anderson. I was like that. I dig that. What else? What else? Anything worth mentioning? 
I don't know. So we had uh, Reigns versus Owens again for the U.S. championship. Not much to say there, but I will say that there's a great YouTube video. I'll post it in the Facebook page if someone didn't already. Of Owens, he's got Roman Reigns in a headlock, and and he's just heckling a fan. And he's just talking about how much money he made that week on merchandise, and it's really great heel work. As a matter of fact, Kevin Owens, I think, might be unparalleled mid-match with interacting with the crowd, taunting, all the all the frosting stuff. He's incredible at. He had a thing where he goes through the uh, the match. He used to, you know, his first thing was he roll out of the ring when the match starts, which I love. Now he's like hangs out near the ropes. He goes through the ropes, so the referee has to like say he's not in the ring. He doesn't start yet, and then he shoes his opponent. He gives him this shoe, two-handed shoe sign. If you watch his mouth, the stuff he says is great. This is this one was caught on tape. Even Roman Reigns was laughing about it. Then Roman Reigns had a tweet. Got to bring up the tweet. Roman Reigns had a tweet about this video because he wanted to kind of defend the way he broke. And he said that he was laughing about how much merch sells. He was laughing at how low Kevin Owens' merch, merch sales are. Um... Uh, 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 where's this tweet? I don't know. I get, oh man, this, my computer is locked on this Mickey James article. Mickey James coming back. Big news. Huge news. Tremendous news. One of the great news. Um, I got no beef with Mickey James. I don't, just don't care that much he's coming back. Uh, where is that quote? Well, whatever. Basically, Reigns made a comment that was like, I, was, I wasn't laughing at his joke. I was laughing at how much he made on merch sales. I made that splitting three ways with the shield in a week. And it was like, okay. But that's so heel. That's part of the thing. Is like That's so heel. Roman Reigns is such a natural heel. Me and Jason Shapiro, friend of the show. You've heard him on the show. We were on the phone just talking about how much Reigns is a heel. We were watching old videos of him in NXT when he was shirtless because we were checking out his abs. He had at one point where he had pretty good abs. He was shirtless. He looked really way better in the trunks. I mean, I know this is all we focus on on this podcast, but he looked way better uh, uh, in the trunks. And he looks like such a heel. He is such like a Fabio. With his shirt off, he's like it's such a Fabio look. Man, I, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so then Cena also responded to that tweet just being like, why are you focused on, like, you know, money, I'm in the gym or something like that. I don't know, the, whatever. Really good face stuff, you know. Um, cool. Yeah, I think that's everything from Raw that I'm going to focus on. I think I focused more on Raw considering how much I didn't really dig it. Um, let's get into SmackDown, which I dug. So SmackDown, the higher-rated show. All right. Uh, uh, so... Uh, uh, okay, comments rolling in from uh, Jason Shapiro who's watching <laughs> SmackDown, and it's taking up my whole screen here because I don't have my full setup here. Uh, his opinion is just that here he says AJ is so over, so four O's over, and deserves it. Yeah, so I mean, look. That isn't my main point. Cena opens up. He gives one of his most heel promos since he was a heel back in the day. Uh, you know, all right. Cena's big point here is that, like, he's like, I'm not done. 
I never felt like Cena was done. I mean, I, I guess he's getting that vibe from the internet and like the IWC and, and fans and stuff. And maybe it's just, just coming from his place. He's getting like defensive. He's having like that paranoia of like, if I'm gone, people think I'm gone and whatever. And part of what I love about it is the authenticity. Is it, it feels real. It feels like Cena is bothered. He does have this chip on his shoulder. He says it, but it, I think he has it. Like, obviously, he's not a guy, I believe, he's not a guy who thinks, like, oh, these younger guys don't deserve a shot. Like, he, you know, uh, I think he, you know, he knows in his heart of hearts, like, hey, I got to move aside a little bit. But I do think there is a big part of him that is like, people are writing me out and I'm in great shape, even though he looks small. Somebody posted it. Uh, I believe uh, Aaron Finnerty, one of our uh, uh, listeners and posters on the Facebook page, uh, 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 and one of the jabroniacs, uh, she did point out that he looks deflated. He's off the juice. He looks way deflated. His face is real skinny. His body, I mean, that means that he's still a 12 out of 10 of Dracked when he's normally a 15 out of 10. But when Cena gets a little bit smaller, you notice it. Uh, but Cena, yeah, I think he's bothered, and he's uh, and I think part of him deep down is bothered that that like he can't be there all. Even though he's taking these opportunities, he knows he needs to do it. He loves wrestling so much, and it it, it, it bothers him. So I liked it. I think that that was kind of heel. You know, the, everyone was chanting Undertaker at him, which is like you know the match that everyone wants to see, the match we wanted last year, the match we, we want to see Cena Taker. And I do think it bothers him that that's the match he's going to get. Like not that he doesn't want Taker, but it's like that's a straight up Legends match, and like I think he wants to be in the title picture. So. I'm not saying he's going to be upset by it because he's a good sport with a good attitude, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have that competitive side. You don't, you don't, you're not 40 years old and that dragged without having this, still that competitive nature. This guy does not give up. He lives the gimmick. He lives authenticity, which is what makes Cena so great. Um, Cena being around is always great. Now, uh, uh, so we're going to have, we had the, the main event match of SmackDown, which was really great. Um, one of my favorite spots of the year that is, I think, unmissable is props to Corbin, Ziggler, and Styles. Is Corbin goes for an end of days on AJ Styles. Ziggler comes up out of nowhere, zigzags Corbin. So the end of days hits and also the, the zigzag hits. Great spot that I didn't see coming. Uh, that, that was great. That match was awesome. Styles wins. We get Cena, Styles at the Rumble. Cool. That match was the best match of SummerSlam. I'll watch that shit again. No question. How, where does that leave us? Where are we going into Mania? I mean, I think Styles retains and Cena's going to go for Undertaker. I think that's what will happen. But the main question remains is like, Cena still needs to win two times to break the record. He needs one to tie the record. Do they want him to tie the record at this Mania? I mean, if they want him to tie the record at Mania, how do they do it? I mean, he does he, uh, uh, and if they do it, can he win the Universal title and do it? I imagine so. I think the precedent is set there when there were two belts. Um, Jason Shapiro, message, uh, this, all right, the message went away, but he was saying, I can't stress enough how much I love Cena. That's exactly what we're talking about. I agree. One option that just popped in my head right here, and I haven't thought out all the possibilities, is Taker winning uh, is is Taker winning a belt somehow. If Taker wins the Rumble, 
Hmm, what does that do for us here? If Taker wins the Rumble, what does that do? That puts him as number one contender. I mean, that doesn't do anything unless they made the Rumble for the belt again, uh, which is always possible. Uh, yeah, we have Roman Reigns. <sighs> Interesting. All right, here's an option no one's seen coming. If they want Cena to win the belt this year, because here's a, I think, like, you know, Cena is, is, it doesn't seem like he's in a rush to do get this done, but if he is going to retire in the next few years, because he could have a Taker match, retire Taker this year, although I don't think Taker's retiring based on his promo at the 900, 900 SmackDown. But let's say this year they want him to win it this year, get the 16th this year in Orlando, and then 34, win 17, and retire. Then you have Roman Reigns win the title off of Owens at Rumble. And then you have somehow established Cena versus Reigns at Mania, which feels like a Mania match. <laughs> oh, man. I want That match is a way to instantly ruin John Cena's momentum at all. I think that'll just put him back in Super Cena mode like... I mean, I guess he might be, he'll be the face in that. People will like Cena more than they'll like Roman Reigns, but it'll just slip back into like, this is what we're watching. Ooh, interesting. I don't really see a good way to do that because I think Styles is holding that belt going into Mania. Well, I guess the way to do it is to have Cena win at the Royal Rumble, which is always a possibility. Man, I'm thinking this out as I go. I guess I was just assuming that Cena wins, that, that AJ Styles wins in the Mania. That seems to be what the report is, and that seems to be he's so over that I cannot see them dropping that. I cannot see them doing that. You know, when Cena came out, there there people popped. They you know they they were excited. The ratings went up. But Styles, they, they, he's over with the crowd in a really exciting way. Good for him. He's clearly, obviously, the best wrestler of 2016. The most you know, the WWE Superstar of the Year. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh. Yeah, I mean, they could obviously have seen a win at Royal Rumble. I mean, that seems doable. I mean, AJ Styles is not a shoe in to headmania and uh, uh, to headline mania. Uh, and then, mm, who knows? And maybe Undertaker goes for the belt against Cena. Who knows? Yeah. There's a lot of options. The main thing is that this is that the well is deep this year. The well is overflowing this year. Well, last year it was looking, it was slim pickings, a lot of injuries. Man, like this, this rump, this mania. I've already bought my tickets. It is gonna be, is gonna be interesting. All right, let's get back to SmackDown. Got my brain hurts from all that speculation. Did that hurt you? That hurt my brain. All right. Let's get into SmackDown. A lot of good stuff. So good for Cena for being like the closest to heel that will. I'll take it. I'll take a he, Cena who's telling the fans, don't count me out. They're chanting Undertaker at him. He goes like, you all want to you wanna decide my future for me. No, my future is now. The time is now. I like him talking shit about the new era being like, I, and just establishing that like I'm not the new era. I'm the old era, and the old era is still here. I uh, love that. I'm John Cena. Recognize. All right. All right, here we go. All right, so American Alpha wins the tag belts. I love that. I love American Alpha. You know, I feel like American Alpha, they're not over with the crowd in a way that I like yet. Like, you know, again, these are NXT guys who I loved who came up, and it's exciting. They're awesome. But I think giving them the belts is exciting because I think they'll prove to everyone that they deserve to be uh, uh, champs. 
Yeah, I, I, I like American Alpha. I'm, I'm not sure how they're going to connect with the crowd yet. You know, in NXT, it's a little bit more about the wrestling. And SmackDown's a show that's more about the wrestling also. So it's a good spot for them to be in SmackDown. But for them to connect with the crowd, they need they need, they need need something a little more. Um, nobody saw them become tag teams. Like in NXT, you know, Gable was bothering uh, Jordan for a long time to be his tag partner. And then they then they finally bonded. We saw all that character development. That None of that happened on the main show. So... Uh, uh, I'm excited to see where they go going forward. Yeah, Miz wants to talk to Renee Young. So, the, you know, the, the Renee, uh, uh, um, uh, I'm bringing up the segments here to remind me. But, yeah, Renee Young, she, Miz, I love it, saying, I only want to speak to Renee. That was great. Then Ambrose came in and beat him up as a security guard. I love that. I thought that was all pretty cool. I like that. You know, Dean Ambrose in the IC picture feels a little stronger to me than the title contention. So... Uh, I, I, I like him there. Um, yeah, I don't know where they're going with the Wyatts. The Wyatts are breaking up. It feels a little bit like ooh, we're heading to Mania and we want to do things with these guys. Uh, it's exciting in, in a couple of reasons because it's like, let's get Bray something big, man. God, I would go nuts if Bray won the Royal Rumble. I, I, it's starting to feel like hopeless for Bray here. But, yeah, they broke him up. I wonder why that happened. Hmm. All right, let's get into the wild card match here. Uh, all right, uh, Alexa Bliss, she defeats Becky Lynch. Alexa Bliss is so good. I love Alexa Blitch. 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 Uh, Alexa Blitch. Uh, I love Alexa Bliss. I think she's really good. She. I thought they, like they had the La Luchadora thing going on, and I like this. I don't know. It's super weird, but I like it. I wonder who is under there. I have, literally have no idea. I think it's probably a new. It looks like she is... Uh, african-american or she had darker skin tone so i i don't know you know uh some people say is this mickey james but i don't think it was didn't look like mickey james but alexa bliss at the end there they, after she won the match she's backing out of the ring and i love the, the interviewer on the ramp and she's like they're like hey who do you think about luchadora was she was like yeah judging by the size of her i think it was probably sasha banks and then the 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 i don't know this announcer woman but she's like uh, she was significantly bigger. You're like, oh, yeah, 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 it was probably Nia Jax, and then she just backs away. Like, I don't know. It was like, almost felt like she's in on it, and she's just making, like, lies. Uh, I thought that was really nice, and it feels also like just classic Alexa, Alexa Bliss, who's just, like Shem says, it just full-on, like, the worst sorority girl ever. Just no, no morals, like, uh, 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 I dug it. Cool. Um, hmm. What else did I dig? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I happened to cover most of the stuff that I liked as we were going through. But, yeah, this match was great. End of days, the zigzag. Zigzag and an end of days here. Uh, I'm going to post this clip. I'm going to post this clip up, and I'm going to also post the the Owens. Uh, uh, the, the, the Owens talking shit to the crowd clip. But yeah, I got a little gif here of, of the spot. Let me watch this again just to see it soak it in. Love it. Love it. Man, I wonder where Ziggler's gonna end up. He, uh, uh, in, you know, going into Mania season here. You know, I would love to see him have a big spot because, like, he, you know, he just makes everything better. I really love Baron Corbin. I think Baron Corbin's really getting interesting. I'm not sure. He's wrestling in a shirt, which is kind of annoying me. Uh, but I think he's just an effective, like, big man. He really is feeling like, like a really, like, 
what Undertaker and Kane kind of like used to be in the ring in terms of what they could do. Uh, but yeah, cool. Uh, but I talked a lot about him last week and why I like him. I was kind of the same reason as last week. So I don't want to repeat myself on over and over, even though all I do on this podcast is repeat myself over and over. James Ellsworth, Carmella finds James Ellsworth uniquely attractive. Uh, uh, yeah, that was, uh, f- I have nothing to say about that. I don't know. It's always making fun of, I always make fun of Ellsworth's looks. It's fine. And the chin, he's into it too, but it's a little bit like, all right. Uh, but he's starting to be out of the picture of like, you know, Ambrose and Styles, and, uh, probably heading into, they're probably, they did run that dry, but I wonder how long he'll be around now, now that we have him or what, what do you even do with him going forward? I mean, Maybe I'd put him in the cruiserweight division. <laughs> that might be pretty funny. Uh, put him on a scale. It showed him that he's a cruiserweight. Yeah. So this rumble's coming up. Uh, it's fast approaching. I think uh, Think there's a lot to... Uh, we'll be paying close attention to everything here. Let's look through my notes. See, did I miss anything I wanted to talk about? Nope. That's it. All right. Hey, guys. Next week, we're going to be, um, next week, I think Zig again is out for one more, one more week. So I'll have it, I'll have a guest next week, but it'll, I've got to be recording from home for one more time. And then we're back in the studio in the new year, kicking it off. I know these times a year stuff, this is late, you know, it's going to get weird here, but, uh, I apologize for the delay, but, uh, Hey, you still got me. Anyway, rate and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, keep watching wrestling and uh, check out my wife's book. It's called Wediculous, W-E-D-D-I-C-U-L-O-U-S. I don't know if I spelled that right. I went too fast. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. And, uh, yeah, follow us on our Facebook page at The Communities of Wrestling. And uh, keep watching wrestling. Kisses. Bye-bye. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. Thank you.